Hey y'all, welcome to the Appalachian Overlook, a metaphorical ride up these winding mountain roads where we'll explore topics and questions about what it means to live a good life in Appalachia. My name is Sarah Saavedra and I'll be your host in these conversations, airing here on 90.7 WEHC, the voice of Southwest Virginia, and also available as a podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. On this episode of the Appalachian Overlook, we'll dive into the hot topic of codependency. When I realized that so much of the internal chaos in my life could be explained by codependency, I became insatiable in my quest to know everything I could about the root cause and the path to healing. Thanks for joining me as we explore this topic and I share my own personal journey. So what is codependency? Codependent is a term that gets thrown around a lot, usually when talking about relationships, as in there are codependent couples, caretakers, etc. It's often discussed in context of substance abuse. I've heard it defined very simply and also in a list of characteristics, a long list of characteristics. So how do we define codependency to even get started, right? If you're wondering, like, am I a codependent? Like, what the heck does it mean? I'd like to start by reading an excerpt from the first chapter of a book called The New Codependency. It's by Melody Beatty, and she wrote kind of the Bible on this whole thing. Codependent No More came out back in the 80s, I believe, and this is her new book, The New Codependency, Um, but she really did a good job of defining it, and it's kind of what most folks who start on this journey start reading. So let's read an excerpt from this. I know what it's like to lose yourself so badly that you don't know if there is a you or ever was one. I spent 30 years not knowing what boundaries were and another 10 learning to set them. I gave until I was depleted and needed someone to take care of me. I threatened, begged, hinted, and manipulated to get what I wanted. I was convinced that I knew what was best for other people. I got so busy teaching them their lessons that I forgot to learn mine. Like millions of other women and men, I was victimized as a child. Instead of holding the perpetrators responsible, I blamed myself. There's something wrong with me, I thought. I didn't see the bad things that happened to me happening to anyone else. Feeling like we caused the problem is a legitimate stage of grief. Feeling ashamed is normal when we've been abused. Blaming ourselves is a survival skill. It helps us feel in control when life doesn't make sense and being abused doesn't make any sense at all. Besides, aren't women supposed to suffer? We sacrifice ourselves. I became a martyr. I thought taking care of other people was my job. If I took care of them, I hoped they'd return the favor and take care of me. But that didn't happen. People expected me to take care of them once I started that pattern. There were many reasons I didn't take care of myself. The word no wasn't in my vocabulary. Good people were selfless, loving myself was out of the question, selfish. But the biggest reason I didn't take care of myself is that I didn't know how to. Controlling and taking care of others, the entire package of codependent behaviors become survival tools, living skills that we think will keep us safe. Then one day these behaviors turn on us. Our relationships and lives stop working and we don't know why. By then, these survival behaviors are habits. They're all we know how to do. So this kind of introductory description of codependency and how it feels really resonates with me. 
the bit about keeping me safe in reference to these behaviors, for me, codependency is rooted as a strategy for coping developed as a child, right? So my story involves alcoholic parents who weren't bad people, but as a child, I felt responsible for their moods and sought their attention and affection by taking care of them and myself at a very young age. I learned that my feelings weren't the most important thing. So I disconnected from them and found my validation from caretaking. These coping skills made me feel like I could avoid abandonment and chaos felt familiar and comfortable. Being disconnected from self is the most basic way I can begin to describe codependency. Everyone was more important than I was to myself. I chose their version of reality of who I was because it was my default. It was my instinct. The insidious part of codependency is that you use taking care of people and anticipating everyone else's needs at the expense of your own needs. That leads to burnout, playing the victim, and reconfirming the fear of abandonment and low self-worth because no one can take care of you the same way that you're taking care of them, right? You get resentful and self-righteous. It's so hard to see because on the outside, right, you've got this exterior of I'm so selfless, look at all this that I do to take care of people. But on the inside, you're actually caretaking and over functioning out of a need to control and find outside approval, right? It's not just helping when it's about control and finding that validation outside yourself. And let's be honest, a lot of times as codependent, I know the things that I'm doing, no one's asked me to do. Um, I'm doing them in, in anticipation and I'm over-functioning for someone and taking away their dignity and their, you know, um, autonomy to figure things out for themselves and to grow for themselves and to take care of themselves. And that really just struck me as a big thing when I first started on this journey. Although codependency often starts as a way to cope with a childhood of neglect, being codependent doesn't mean we are codependent on someone else. I became painfully aware that I was codependent all on my own after my divorce. The pattern of fixing, rescuing, and neglecting myself didn't magically get better when I was on my own, right? Removing that person um, was definitely the right choice for my life, but it didn't calm those codependent behaviors and thoughts. Being codependent can mean that we're neglecting ourselves, that we're not getting validation internally, that we need others or substances, name your vice here, to soothe the chaos inside. It's all external, right? So it's external and codependents are disconnected from their own internal world altogether. We aren't victims as much as we victimize ourselves. We aren't abandoned. We abandon ourselves over and over again. As I learned more about codependency, it became clear that I didn't trust myself. I kept promises to everyone else but myself. It was a cycle of abandonment I couldn't escape because it was self-inflicted. Folks who are codependent often seem very put together fiercely independent even. So the word dependent sometimes doesn't make sense here, right? In the terms of codependent, because often codependent folks are very independent. They get things done, right? They're in total control 
you know, it looks like it at least to those around them. The chaos is often reserved for our partners or close family members. Okay, so what do we do? Reading about a problem is like reading a travel guide, right? We can have stacks of information and dozens of podcasts about how to love ourselves and how to set boundaries, understand our limits, but reading the travel guide is different than taking the trip, okay? So change from a set of behaviors and coping mechanisms that we learn sometimes even pre-verbally, it's slow, y'all, and it's experiential. Learning to surrender and let go takes experience and those confusing and hurtful situations to learn from, right? We do them differently, a little better each time, and we learn. Life is our teacher, and no one's self-care and recovery path to healing will be exactly the same. So on that note, what I share is rooted in my own experience, so take what serves you and leave the rest. I'll definitely put a list of resources in the podcast notes of places that help me. But now time for a song for my playlist, and it's a good fit for this topic. One of my favorite artists, John Paul White from Muscle Shoals, Alabama. If you don't recognize his name, you may remember him as half of the duo of the hugely successful band, The Civil Wars. He's a solo artist and fantastic singer-songwriter. His voice is just mesmerizing. Take a listen to his song, This is Martyr. Falling on your sword Sink down a little more You said in best Nobody's worth less than you It's really only fair You get the lion's share You know the score No one should hurt more than you These are the words I'm hearing in my head The ones that I deserve and should be said So call it on My back is
just heard The Martyr by John Paul White on 90.7 WEHC, the voice of Southwest Virginia, and you're listening to the Appalachian Overlook. I'm your host, Sarah Saavedra, and we are talking about codependency. On the first part of this episode, we identified codependency, and now we are digging into how the heck do we heal. As my partner and I joke right before our therapy sessions, let the healing begin. (laughs) So where do we start? Well, I can only tell you what I did. I started by reading all of the things, books, podcasts, articles, recovery groups, and online forums. Remember the part about being disconnected from self and looking for external validation, right? Like I was in such a state that I just didn't even know what reality was outside of what other people told me. So I was definitely, I definitely went external first. I set out looking for other codependents and I ate up every story of healing. It helped me to see what behaviors were common among other codependents and to really see them in a new light. It was also just such a relief to realize that my identity wasn't defined by my coping mechanisms, right? I could separate what I did to protect myself as a child versus who I was, right? My core self. That set me on a journey to discover who I was outside of mother, caretaker, and daughter of alcoholics. So self-discovery and self-care. Who was I? What did I like? What lit me up and made me smile? What made me feel good about myself? When I first started healing from codependency, I didn't trust my answers to these questions. After all, I was regularly abandoning myself and breaking promises to myself. So I had to start with keeping promises to myself. And in a way, it was like reparenting myself to discover what made me tick. I started with the list. And if you've listened to this podcast for any time, you're not surprised, right? My answer to everything is to make a dang list. So I made a list. And I've talked about this list before. It was pretty basic. The list was, what do I find important to make sure my children have? I had to take that caretaking and mothering I was giving everyone else and focus it in on myself. So March 8th, 2018, in my journal, here was my list. Healthy food, enough sleep, a consistent schedule, right? We all know how kids are when they don't have a consistent schedule. And I'm telling you, adults are no different. (laughs) Good friends who treat me well. Activities that stimulate my brain. Fresh air, playtime physical affection, kind words, safe, happy home, regular doctor's visits, haircuts, dental care, bathing and grooming. You know, when I made this list, I couldn't help but to remember and recall memories of my mother yelling at me when I asked for something. I'm not sure what it was. I was a teenager. I was probably asking for new shoes or something. And her berating me and telling me, you know, that she gives everything for me. She hasn't even bought herself a, you know, bra or whatever it was, uh, you know, in three years and rah, rah, rah. And it felt like it was my fault, right? That kind of internalizing, you know, and I know my mom was probably just frustrated and caretaking and not setting boundaries and not taking care of herself. And that's what was coming out in there. But codependence, we take that very personally, right? And so I was doing the same thing. Like I wasn't yelling that at my kids, but I felt that resentment that all I was doing was for everybody else and nobody was taking care of me. No one was making sure I got a haircut or was going to the doctor's office. 
but I was an adult. So those things were my responsibility, not the responsibility of anyone else. So with codependency, I often talk about reparenting because it was like I had to teach myself how to do those things for myself again and give myself permission to do them. Sound simple, right? Then you're probably not codependent. Just the thought of doing all of these things for myself felt literally dangerous. My brain was wired to caretake as a means of survival, right? So turning inward felt anxiety uh, ridden, right? It left me anxious and it took a lot of practice. I was rewiring my actual brain, okay? So be patient and compassionate to yourself. Talk to yourself like you would to a kid who was learning these things for the first time, right? Like a, a teenager or a young adult just learning how to take care of themselves. This is what a lot of therapists describe as the reparenting yourself. Listening to my neglected inner child instead of harshly criticizing her or ignoring her when she needed something, I made a conscious connection with myself and that started to build trust, right? Because I was keeping my promises to myself and I started to trust myself little by little once I was taking care of myself and my inner child. More lists. I also made lists of things I knew I liked and things I'd like to try. It was important for me to find things to do for the sheer pleasure I had of doing them, not to make money or to take care of responsibilities 100% for me and my joy. I learned to let go. For codependence, control becomes the strategy to feel safe and loved, right? But the fact is we can only control ourselves, not another person or outcomes. When we bring the attention back to ourselves, what we need to let go of becomes very clear. We have to pay attention to the times where it feels like someone else's well-being has become entangled with our own well-being, right? When we're absorbing their feelings as our own. Putting attention on our partners or parents or whoever's real or imagined responses feels safer and easier for a codependent than turning that attention inward on yourself, on what you can control. Remind yourself that you have no control over what happens in other people's minds. Learn how to trust people to find their own way and resolve their own challenges. I know as a codependent, the thought of us thinks like, well, everything is just going to fall apart if I stop doing everything. It's not true. Let go of control and the people who love you for who you are will be thrilled. They will be so thrilled to see you happy and taking care of yourself. I promise. The ones taking advantage of your codependency, well, it will become very clear who those people are and why they are no longer serving you in your life. Um, you might have to have difficult conversations, but take it one step at a time. You'll find as you let go of other people's perceptions of you and start turning inward and focusing on yourself that those things just kind of naturally happen and fall away. Let go and connect with your own feelings, needs, desires, and values. Let go of attachment to outcomes. The cycle of codependent behaviors is rooted in the fear of disappointing someone whose opinion matters to you. Healing involves learning to tolerate the possibility of disappointing others. Cultivate mindfulness, prioritize your joy, and remind yourself that your worth and value don't rest on making others happy. Analyze what you have the power to change and what you don't. Let go of what you can't change. 
check in with yourself right here. So put your hand on your heart and ask yourself, what am I feeling? Right? As codependents, we just often don't even know what we're feeling. So letting go is tough if we don't know what everything swirling in our head um, is trying to tell us. So that takes some practice. So put your hand on your heart, ask yourself, what am I feeling? And listen, journal it out if you have to. I find words help me so much with journaling. Find a mantra that helps you stay in the moment instead of jumping in to fix a problem. Forever, my mantra was the serenity prayer. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Forever, I was stuck on the first part of that serenity prayer, you know, accepting the things I could not change. That was the hardest part for me. And then eventually, I found myself drawn to the courage to change the things I can and then the wisdom to know the difference. So that that was what worked for me. But whatever helps you stay in the moment instead of jumping into fix, falling into the old habits that you want to, you know, stop caretaking and stop controlling and stop trying to manipulate. Distract yourself with movement, dance, work out, garden, play, create. That's my preferred method when I'm so in my head that it's hard for me to journal, it's hard for me to stop and sit still. So distract yourself with dance, workout, all of these things, shift your autonomic nervous system to help create those new neural pathways that we are after. And finally, remember to be kind to yourself. There are layers and layers to codependency, and it will take time to find your way back home to yourself. While we're doing this letting go, oftentimes it's just better to keep quiet, right? We're learning how to have a new way of being, how to go inside, how to recognize our feelings, our needs, and our wants. So while we're doing that, a lot of times we don't communicate very well. And I'll be honest, I was, I had no words because it was like I was just discovering a brand new person. And you know, when you try to describe a new person, it can be hard to like sum it up besides just like the most basic things. Um, And so I started real basic with myself. So after you're learning to let go and you're learning how to tune into your feelings and what you need and desire, then the next step here is communication, right? We have to figure out what we're feeling in order to express our feelings openly, honestly, appropriately, and responsibly, right? Some things are not meant for everyone. A lot of codependents are oversharers, right? Because we feel like we're we're external. Everything about us is external. And so instead of working out those things internally, we overshare because we're trying to work them out externally and look for someone else to tell us what to do. So start expressing your feelings openly, honestly, appropriately, responsibility, and let others do the same. Learn the words, I feel. Let others say those words and learn to listen and not fix it when they do, right? We can be assertive and stand up for ourselves without being abrasive or aggressive. Learn to say, this is as far as I go. This is my limit and I will not tolerate this. It's about us, right? We talk a lot about boundaries. So this communication is really tied into boundary setting. We had a whole episode about boundaries and, you know, in the excerpt I read earlier, the author was talking about, it took her 10 years to learn how to set boundaries. This is not a fast process. This is something we continually have to do and find our footing and relearn ourselves, reparent ourselves. So this will take years. But 
you learn how to communicate, you know, learn your feelings and, and you can stand up for yourself and set those boundaries. We can also show compassion and concern without coming to the rescue, right? That was a big problem for me. I would have people who it seemed, you know, around me whose lives seemed to be falling apart and I'd want to give them, you know, money for their electric bill or, um, you know, take care, babysit their kids with mine or, I mean, a million different things. The situations were just mind boggling when I think back on them and what I allowed myself to put myself through. But we can do that. We can show that compassion and empathy without running to the rescue and without taking on those emotions as our own. So learning to say things like it, that really sucks. It, that sounds like an awful problem you're facing. And then what do you need from me? Right? Learn, learn to say, I'm sorry, you're having that problem and then let it go. We don't have to fix it. And often our friends are really happy when we start or stop at, uh, actually, when we stop trying to give them advice or we stop trying to tell them what to do all the time and just listen. That's honestly the most powerful way that you can help and be present for people that you love is not by trying to control them or giving them advice and telling them what they need to do, but instead stepping back, listening, and just asking, asking. I know it sounds wild, but it was a big one for me. We can discuss our feelings and problems without expecting people to rescue us too. We can settle for being listened to. It's probably all we wanted anyway. And, you know, just like I said with other folks, it's talking about our problems doesn't have to be giving them to other people, right? So that's another thing codependents do a lot is they, you know, complain about all these things are done or doing, and most of them are self-imposed. But when we take a step back and really think like, what we can let go, what we can change, what we do have control of, and what kind of support we actually need from people around us, and what we can get internally, right? So that first step when I was talking about codependency, of really learning and reparenting yourself and giving yourself all the attention that you would, you should be giving yourself, right? And my list was everything I would make sure a child had to live a happy life. I, you know, pointed that at me. Those things really just focusing on that at first will really get you to the place where you realize you can share your problems, but you don't need anyone to rescue you, that you really just need a listening ear, you need some support, you need validation for your emotions and your feelings. Those things are okay, but learning going inward and learning to give them to ourselves internally is just so important. Codependency is ultimately about neglecting yourself in favor of others. And it's done as a coping mechanism for fear of abandonment or whatever it is, your root cause will be different than others. Um, but it's, it comes out the same that those behaviors just don't serve us as adults who want to have happy interdependent lives with our partners and our family members. We don't want that control and that manipulation. That's not what we see for ourselves. We know it doesn't make us happy. And so finding a way out of that, that's the work. Well, that's all we have time for today, folks. But thanks for joining me on this episode of the Appalachian Overlook. I hope you'll join us next time as we keep exploring these topics and questions about what it means to live a good life. Catch y'all next week. 